everyone, welcome back to the HSC Network podcast. Uh, this week we're joined by Nick List of eDriving. Nick is the head of customer success at eDriving for Europe. So we're going to be looking at a range of topics today around driver safety, culture and safety, and how you can really get driver safety higher up on the corporate agenda. Um, Nick, I guess my first question to you is, why are you so passionate about health and safety? It, it stems from my own sort of personal experiences on the road. Um, I have to say, when I was younger, I probably wasn't one of the safer drivers out there. Um, but um, having seen um, with my time in the previous role, working for a composite insurance company, as I did, um, we got exposure to some quite horrific crashes and incidents that took place over the years. And it sort of spurred me on to um, want to do something to help change that. So at the time, um, joined up um, to be an active member of the Global Road Safety Partnership. Um, and, and promoted and, and actively participated and led a couple of events outside of the UK in, in the uh, sort of uh, lower and uh, middle income countries um, and, and helping to, to um, improve um, road safety in those, in those areas as well. And so then wanted to do something closer to home. So actively pushing um, the benefits of safe driving. And, and, and I was a rep on the road for a long time myself, and and I'm sure many of us have been there whereby we'd be driving along and you'd see this car come flying past you and you think, obviously, he's in a hurry or she's in a hurry to get somewhere. A couple of minutes later, you catch him up at the traffic lights. And and, and as you get older, you start to realise actually rushing and and, and tearing around on today's roads, they're they're more congested. Um, There's a lot more exposure to risk out there rushing around doesn't actually achieve anything in the longer term in terms of when it comes to driving. Yeah, brilliant stuff, Nick. Um, I guess a good place to start would be maybe looking at the issue in a little bit more detail. Um, We know that driver safety is a massive issue um, for everyone, not just those who are professional drivers, but also those who drive to get to work every day. Um, Could you maybe outline in a little bit more detail why driver safety is so important? Absolutely. Okay. So, well, in, in reality, um, for most organizations, I would suggest that uh, the, the, the most likely um, probable cause of an occupational fatality will be coming from somebody, uh, members of the, of the employee team driving on the roads today. Wherever that is, obviously, different countries have different levels of risk. Um, we are relatively safe here um, in the UK, but it's still there is still a, a significant level of risk. And the problem that we have is that most of us, um, as we get older, will will attain a driving license, and that's probably you know that it's, it's taken somewhat for granted. But that's probably the only training or guidance that most people will will have in terms of driving. Now, the situation is that around the world, that unfortunately, every twelve minutes, um, someone will lose their life due to a, a motor vehicle crash, and, and putting that into an even more of a context, every ten seconds. Um, an injury occurs, and every five seconds, a crash occurs. Uh, So some fairly um, significant figures there. A third of those incidents that take place generally um, will be due to somebody making an at-work journey of some way, shape, or form. So a a massive, massive issue. Um, But because most people take having a driving license for granted, and we don't get any sort of ongoing um, training or coaching there after having passed their tests, um, it becomes sort of somewhat blasé to a lot of organizations in terms of managing that risk, that exposure that those drivers face. And of course, it's different in different parts of the, of the globe. Absolutely, Nick. And you touched us there on, I think, the uh, responsibility of employers to 
maybe not just manage those who drive as part of their profession, but also those who drive just to get to work every day. Have you got any thoughts around what employers need to do and how they are responsible for drivers who are just driving to work? Uh, well, it's been it's been proven that um, those employers that sort of actively promote um, driving within the workplace, it actually leads on to drivers actually then um, adapting those behaviours into their, their 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 personal lives as well. But it's it's definitely something that organisations, um, particularly in the UK, there's there's legislation, of course, that's applicable um, in terms and, and guidance that's applicable in terms of the the Health and Safety at Work Act is a requirement that they're, they're managing the risk. Um, the guidance out there is that the vehicle that they use is, is it doesn't determine um, that they can walk away from it. So if they're making an at-work journey on behalf of the business, that's the that's the factor that they need to be taken into consideration. But as a minimum, organisations should be looking to risk assess um, their drivers that are out there on the roads undertaking at-work journeys. And of course, there will be spin-off benefits um, to the drivers in their personal lives, and and. What we don't want, obviously, is the, is the injury and particularly death, obviously, for um, individuals. But, of course, there's spin-off costs as uh, the business attracts on the back of this as well that are often not seen on a balance sheet. So they get overlooked. Um, so, for example, you have a, an employee that's, that's out of work because of the crash that they've been involved in. There's significant costs and inconvenience, um, some of which you won't be able to measure, but they will. there will be costs that are there. Uh, and interestingly, when I was working in my previous role, we did a lot of work with, as we still as I still do today um, with with Nestle, um, and they um, and they put it into the value to help employees understand the costs that were involved, and they put it into Kit Kats, um, and they attributed uh, it's a significant figure in terms of the number of Kit Kats that so they had to sell the four fingered ones. Um, to cover the cost of crashes within their business across Europe, and it was two hundred and thirty five million. Kit Kats. Um, but if you put that into the context and from, a, from a cost point of view for that business, so if we work on, say, 50 pence, I don't know how much a Kit Kat, four-finger Kit Kat costs these days. I suspect it's more than 50 pence but or 50 cents. But you're then looking at 117.5 million of those euros or sterling. And if you can see you know, a 10 or a 5% reduction in crashes um, through driving in uh, excuse the pun, in driving better behavior for your drivers and your driving population, then you're going to see some significant um, financial rewards on the bottom line, um, as well as safety rewards and safer population, a uh, driving population that you've got, you know, the the um, the costs associated with vehicle maintenance and fuel consumption and, and, and the green footprint as well are going to improve. So there's some massive, massive, massive broad benefits that all too often, I think, get overlooked by businesses. Oh, it's only driving, but it's, there is so much more to only driving than, than you know some organisations might necessarily realise. Yeah, exactly, and it's not just at the top line corporate level. You know, there's there's got to be benefits at the employee level as well. You know, if an employee feels like they are really looked after uh, and engaged with by their employer, I mean, can you go over any more detail on the stuff about that? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a great point that you make there. Any any employee reward or recognition, and it doesn't have to be financial. Um, I was working with an organisation previously, whereby it was a, um, a a status in terms of uh, pin badges, in terms of safe driving. 
and and recognition in the internal magazines went a long long way with those um, those drivers and it and it can um, add in an element of gamification as well um, which uh, always like a little bit of competition uh, in the workplace but in terms of you know is it a positive in terms of we're driving safer and it's leading towards that that safer driver it has to come from the top um, you have to get that top level engagement to begin with unfortunately um, in some sense circumstances we see that but it's post a serious event. Um, and, and, and that means someone, unfortunately, either had a serious injury or lost their life um, when unnecessarily. Um, if you can get that engagement and, and, and um, to begin with from the top level, then, then that's fantastic. And that's the way to, to, excuse the pun again, there's so many puns when it comes to safe driving, driving it through the business. Um, that, that is the way, is the top level, uh, top down approach, uh, but also not forgetting to engage obviously with the bottom up approach as well. But you need that top level engagement to begin with. And I think, you know, it, it, for me, it's about finding what would appeal to those top level executives to get that buy-in is it is it the safety is it the fact that their neck is potentially on the block in the event of something going horribly wrong um, because it's a reality um, if there is a, is a serious collision or fatality um, is it the financial side of things because you know these are things there's many factors that that influence can be influenced by a safer driving population and, and is finding that influence Sorry, it's finding that topic that influences that 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 top level executive um, team or, or board, and getting that engagement to help push, and and it's them it's, it's at that level as well is them showing their engagement um, to the to the to the driving population. For example, it's all very well having a no phone use policy within the business, but if 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 the uh, the drivers then see uh, members of the exec driving out. Or having hands-free conversations and that message, the importance of that message somewhat goes out the window. Um, so they have to demonstrate their commitment to it actively as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, leadership really does come from the top. You know, it's funny, I've only been really sort of in the health and safety industry a bit for maybe just over a year now. HC Network's a young company. But one thing from the events and everything that we've really found that keeps cropping up is that need to get buying from the leadership. How important that really is. I can't stress it enough, David. It is, it is you know, where you see that, um, where, where the, the leadership shows an active involvement, we see it time and time again. There are so many benefits that can be gleaned from, as I say, the financial benefits, the safer driver population, the residual values of vehicles increase, you know, be, or, you know they don't take such a hit. Um, the, 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 the green footprint, there's so many benefits to be gleaned from, um, from safe driving. It's not just about making every, the boring topic of risk assessments, potentially. There's so many benefits for an organization uh, you know, that can be gleaned from this. Absolutely. And you, and you mentioned then that uh, a lot of companies, unfortunately, only really look at driver safety when there has been a major incident. I was chatting to um, Paul Hendry of Jacobs yesterday, senior health and safety professional over there. And he was talking about the one million lives drive they've got. And it's really looking to be more of a proactive approach to mental health that they're looking at, because he felt that quite a lot of the stuff they did at Jacobs was a bit reactive. Uh, and I suppose in a sense that could be looked at from a driver safety perspective. Does e-driving encourage any of their clients to look at any sort of proactive ways of engaging with driver safety? Absolutely, yeah. No, we 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 have a, a, it's not a sales pitch from us, but we have a number <laughs> of approaches that we use with our customers, um, and I'd be happy to talk about those specifically with with, with interested parties. But just to give um, some insight to the sorts of things that we do 
do do. So we, we regularly um, help our uh, customers that we're working with in terms of um, um, articles on um, pertinent topics. So, for example, in the run-up to the winter driving, we'll be pushing out articles around the winter driving piece and safe tips for driving. And any particular um, holidays that are coming up that we would actively sort of come up with some driving materials around that as well. We're working on articles constantly in terms of sort of uh, pertinent holidays when people are more likely to be on the road, both from a personal and from a work point of view as well. Um, we have a publication um, called 360 um, that comes around, uh, we, pu- we publicise free of charge um, for customers and non-customers on road safety related topics. Um, and we're actively encouraging um, our customers when they launch a program with us. It's not about launching everything day one to drivers because the, where we see the, the, the best, the long-term sustainable reductions in collisions over time is where an organization will drip feed the safety message through on a regular and ongoing basis. So if they've got a program of activities with us, um, as I say, we won't suggest that it's all launched January the 1st and then you, you complete it and you move on to the next task. And then come December, you've totally forgotten about it. It's a case of running a program that runs through the duration of that 12-month period on a regular and ongoing basis in conjunction with uh, materials such as 360 and the publications that we do in terms of key, key um, safe driving topics to help reinforce um, the value and importance that the organization places on, on safe driving as well and, and keep it at the front of mind for the drivers at the same time. Absolutely. And I love the way you mentioned, Nick, sort of incremental changes over the course rather than just doing it all up front. It can be easy, very easy to get overwhelmed, especially if you're dealing with a large workforce. Um, what kind of metrics do you tend to look at in, with e-driving in terms of your, of your clients? Uh, and how do you actually work out if what you are doing, the changes that you are making to driver safety are actually working? Sure. So, so well, we, we need to understand whether they are being done to begin with. So we, we make it very easy in terms of dashboards with, with um, pie charts. I couldn't think of the words then. What did you use? Pie charts in terms of um, actual um, sort of um, undertaking of the, of, the, of the tools to date. Um, but what we can very easily do is via the, via the tools is identify those drivers and push report in terms of those that haven't engaged and then just give them a gentle reminder um, in terms of you know the first couple of times we'll remind them gently. Then there's an escalation process that sits behind it to get line manager engagement as well because that is equally um, important than this that um, what we tend to find in some organizations, not all, but in some that um, top level, they get it. They want drivers to come to work and drive safely. The bottom with the drivers, at the, uh, not necessarily mean the bottom of the pole, but down down to the there, the drivers come to work. They, they don't come to work with the intention of crashing a vehicle or, or causing themselves injury. But what can happen in some organizations in the middle is we have uh, the line managers whereby they're coming under pressure from all angles. And more often than not, what we tend to see is that they will succumb to those operational pressures that are placed upon them um, over the safety metrics. So operational takes a lead and safety takes a bit of back seat. And that's where we sometimes see a little bit of a, a, an imbalance on that safety operational balance that needs to be addressed. So uh, that's where we sort of focus on as well is encouraging line managers to get drivers to go through this, understand the importance of the program as well, engage them. Um, and make sure that they get the drivers within their remit to to go through and uh, and complete what's required of them at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched just then on um, 
the differences between operations and health and safety departments managing driver safety. Um, what are your thoughts on having all the different departments within an organization engage with it? Is it the responsibility purely of the health and safety professionals or maybe even HR operations? Have you got any thoughts on that? Great, great question. So we don't work with um, any one particular group of people when it comes to driver safety. It tends to be who's the unfortunate individual that gets lumbered with looking <laughs> after it. That, that That's just my thoughts on it. But no, it's in all seriousness, uh, it is a broad spectrum of different people um, that get involved. More often than not, I have to say, um, it doesn't tend to be the safety people that will get involved with driver safety. I, I, I don't understand why. I mean, yes, don't get me wrong. In some organizations, that is the case. Uh, we tend to get involved with a broad range of people from HR, um, see it as an employee benefit. So they, they, they'll take the lead on it. Um, sometimes it's safety. Um, Sometimes it's finance people that get involved with it. Or, you know, in some organizations, there is a dedicated individual for, for managing the, the fleet manager, for example, that will manage it. Um, it would be great to get more safety uh, people involved with it because it is such a massive and a, a massive part of uh, any organization's um, safety uh, requirements, really, in terms of managing it and, and making sure that drivers do drive safely. But for some reason, it seems to disappear off the not all the time but sometimes does disappear off the radar of the safety professionals in my opinion yeah absolutely i guess when you are managing across departments and from everyone's feeding into driver safety maybe you get, there's some kind of benefit you get because you haven't just got people who are purely in that safety sphere maybe you've got other people in who are coming in with a completely different mindset uh, who can really add something different I think there's, there is no one size fits all for it, David, really. With that. There's a broad spectrum of different people, as I say, from different parts of the organization that will get, that will come to the table on it. Um, but where we do see the best engagement and again, the best sustainable reduction inclusions is whereby there is an interaction between all those departments as opposed to people sort of trying to deny responsibility where we can see they all come together and, and, and regular steering group meetings or regular safety meetings where driving safety is put on the agenda. We definitely see um, there's definite benefits for an organization where you get the topic on the table and include the drivers within those conversations as well. Um, and at least feed back to them some of the outcomes from those um, discussions. And we, we participate in those as well, obviously virtually at the moment, but it's great to get uh, that engagement across the different departments that have an input uh, and have a, a, um, a role to play in the, in the safe management of the fleet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the drivers of course are the people who are going to be benefiting from this drive safety. Um, can you go into a little bit more detail around how you can incentivize and really engage with your driving workforce to make safety improvements? So obviously, a lot of the time it's about education of the risks associated with driving. Um, and it, it, We used to do a, an exercise with companies when we could go and see people um, in terms of, um, just for example, um, drink driving and mobile phone use. Um, and most people are incredibly shocked when we were to undertake an exercise that would highlight the use of a mobile phone whilst driving, including hands-free. Now, hands-free is legal, but it's not necessarily safe, and you shouldn't confuse the two. Um, but we would do an exercise whereby, you know, you'd take a driver, and this is a proven exercise, uh, and, and forgive me, I can't remember now where it was proven, but um, whereby you get a driver driving at 70 miles an hour, where would they stop? If they were at the UK drink drive limit, you then get the same situation, but the driver is on a hands-free conversation. And in actual fact, um, where the vehicle stops, 
um, for the for the phone use um, driver is significantly closer to the obstacle or risk that's in, in front than, than it would be for the, the drink driver. Now, obviously, we understand that um, uh, here in the UK, for example, socially unacceptable to drink and drive. But some organisations still today will offer, and I'm not, I'm not here to sort of go on about the, the benefits of hands-free and, and not using hands-free and no phone use policies, et cetera. But just to make the point that, um, you know, some companies today still issue hands-free kits to drivers when they can go out on the roads. Um, but, you know, statistically, it's proven that the stopping distances is significantly increased over a drink drive. Now, we would like to think that most people today, because it's socially unacceptable, would not deliberately go out and drink drive. But, you know, organizations not managing their phone use uh, within the within their policies and procedures, effectively, they've got drivers out there if they're making up phone calls whilst making at work journeys that would have a reduced stop in distance, sorry, increased stop in distance in terms of risk that they face. And, um, you know, what does that message send back to the organization, to the drivers that they're actively, you know, permitting that? So, um, you know, just I think it's about education. Um, of what the risks are um, is about gamification in terms of making it creative, making it enjoyable. It's about feeding back. It's regular interaction with the drivers, um, it's a good and bad um, to reward and, and recognize as well as sort of like obviously highlight when there's challenges being faced as well. So there's a number of different ways that we would work with, with an organization and the driver population to get that engagement. But I think, you know, key to it is it's education it's, it's ongoing. It's the drip feeding, it's reward and recognition, and it doesn't have to be financial. Um, it's about regular um, interaction with drivers, both positive and negative. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, those are some great um, points and practical things that our listeners can implement that's really going to help them get driver safety higher up on that agenda. You know, it's funny, you touched upon um, drink driving and the parallels between that and um, mobile phone usage at the wheel. Uh, we actually ran some um, research on the HSC network towards the back end of 2020, and it looked at sleep uh, fatigue. And interestingly, over half of those surveyed actually felt that sleep or a lack thereof had negatively impacted their performance at work. Um, in terms of a driver safety perspective, do e-driving do anything with sort of fatigue and helping clients to manage sleep and fatigue? Massive, 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 massive issue, unfortunately. Um, and particularly now, if people are making journeys and not been used to going out on the road, sort of coming out of a lockdown situation where people have probably been up later, watching telly a bit later, getting up a bit later in the mornings, a bit more fatigued, then they're now expected back into the old work routine, going out on the roads. Fatigue is a huge issue uh, and, and, and of a parallel to drink driving, for sure. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, definitely a massive, massive issue and one to look at. But we're, we're doing regular communications. Um, in fact, you know, some of our customers that we work with uh, on a regular basis, just before Christmas, we did um, two global webinars um, solely on the topic of fatigue. Um, and, and that was in December, just this week. Um, um, it was uh, Vietnam, actually, the, the, the part of the business had written to us and said can we have the materials we, you know we really enjoyed the webinar some really good points in there in terms about things to spot in terms of fatigue and how to manage it within the business we want to roll it out and do a more detailed presentation locally so yeah definitely is definitely a massive massive issue there david brilliant stuff nick listen i think we've covered some fantastic topics today uh, more than can we can go over in just one interview um one area that i'd like to maybe round up on is i was chatting to a member of your team last week 
and uh, they shared a really interesting example of how a client who really improved their driver's safety and illustrated it. Can you take us through the example quickly? Sure, absolutely. So, so what it was, um, in essence, was that um, there was a, um, a client employee who worked in a call centre who took a customer call from someone, someone who was actually driving at the time. Um, and what the call centre employee, rightly, in my opinion, um, did was actually politely um, said to the driver, look, you're driving at the moment. I'd, I'd rather not take the call. Can we speak when you're not, you know, at a time when it's more convenient that you're not driving? Recognize, obviously, the call center employee recognizing the fact that the mind, the brain can't necessarily cope 100% with driving and being on the phone at the same time. If you look at the cognitive research that's out there, it's, it is proven that uh, you, you can't do that. Um, of course, subsequently, the the uh, the driver was not particularly happy about this and, and called uh, in. I'm presuming it was safe to do so at the time, but called in again to say, you know, I tried to speak to this particular individual. They refused to talk to me because I was driving. The really positive thing and the powerful message behind this is that the management supported the call center employee um, and said, you know, we actively support this in terms of it's statistically and, 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 and recognized studies have been done to prove that you know, taking a phone um, call whilst driving is not safe. Um, it should be avoided at all costs, um, and they supported the employee. So it pushed an incredibly mem- uh, important message out there, not only supporting the employee that sort of refused the call, um, but also to the driver as well to, to hopefully rethink their practices. Um, if you look at some of the studies that have been done out there, um, into as I sort of touched on earlier on around the drink driving scenario, it's you know hands-free calls. They're legal, but they're not necessarily safe. And there have been studies done that show stopping distance significantly increase, um, as well as the cognitive distraction, et cetera, that's all in there. So it's, it's, it's not a great practice to use your phone in any way, shape or form whilst driving. Yeah, and I think that, that really is a great example because it just shows how big a driver safety culture is, you know, and it feeds into the manager and in this case, the call centre worker. Uh, can you give our listeners maybe a little bit more info on how they can get in touch with yourself and e-driving? Yeah, by all means, if you'd like to reach out to us via the website, um, it's www.edriving.com. Or you, by all means, feel free to reach out to myself personally. It's nick.list at edriving.com. Again, so nice and easy. I'd be delighted to take any questions by email or you've got any concerns or comments or observations. Feel free to come back to me. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Nick. And um, I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast again soon to uh, maybe dive into driver safety in a little bit more of a different angle. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.